When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. G'day folks and welcome to Australian UFO Sightings official podcast. I'm your host Anthony Goodall and you're listening to Encounters Down Under. Here we invite guests on the show to tell us about their encounters with aliens and UFOs, where most of our episodes were streamed live from our Facebook page, which gave listeners the opportunity to ask questions to our guests regarding their encounter. If you have had an encounter and would like to be a guest on the show, please get in touch with us. You can send us a message through our Facebook page, Encounters Down Under, or send us an email at AustralianUFOSightings at Outlook.com.au. Be sure to join us on Facebook and share with your friends and family to help us grow, and hopefully encourage others to come forward with their encounter. If you're an iTunes listener and a fan of the show, why not give us that five-star rating and review, and you could have your review featured on the podcast. But enough of that, let's get into what you've been waiting for. So kick back, relax with your favourite beverage, and enjoy the show. G'day folks and welcome to another episode of Encounters Down Under. Sasha joins us on the show to tell us about an encounter she had as a child to which some would consider quite terrifying. She also goes on to talk about her family's history experiencing the unknown and what could potentially be a form of unnatural abilities. So please welcome to the show, Sasha. Welcome to the show, show there, Sasha. Hi Anthony, thanks for having me. Ah, it's great having you on, it's absolutely awesome. Um, now, some people might have known you from uh, the Believe podcast there, they might have listened to your stories there beforehand, but... Um, I just thought it was about time to get you on here and go and get my version of it. So, you know, it's great to have you on. Yeah, great. Happy to be here. So, look, um, start where you, from your, basically from your, your youngest experience there that you can remember and basically just take us through your whole story of where this whole encounters have been happening. Yeah. So, I mean, this kind of stuff has um, been going on throughout my childhood since the earliest uh, memory that I have that I always like to lead with whenever anybody asks me about this kind of stuff. Um, so my mum and sister and I were doing um, the typical yearly drive that we do to Wyala to see family out there. And um, I was about six years old at the time. My sister was about four. So I'm guessing it was around 1993. And um, so we were between Wyala and Port Augusta. There's a stretch of road um, just between there that 
things frequently happened on um, each time we would do a trip, almost every time actually. So this encounter was probably the first one that really sticks out to me. Um, my mum was driving at night and we were either coming or going to Wyala. I'm not sure which one, but anyway, between Port Augusta and Wyala. And my sister and I just happened to look out the back of the car. It was a really dark night. It was a clear sky though. Um, no clouds, all the stars could be seen. Um, no other traffic, just black and just could see the headlights on the road. And um, yeah, my sister and I just happened to look out the back and saw a very, very bright star, larger than the rest, and obviously just kept an eye on it for a second and noticed that it was getting bigger and moving. <laughs> and um, we just said to mum, hey, mum, mummy, you know, there's a star behind the car. It's moving. It's getting brighter. It's getting bigger. And she said, oh, you know, maybe it's a plane or maybe it's a helicopter. Or, um, we noticed it didn't have any flashing lights. It wasn't doing anything that we would recognise a plane or a helicopter to do. Um, although we were quite young, we would recognise those things and just told her, no, it's not that, you know, it's, it's just this big bright star. It's moving, it's following behind the car um, up in the sky. And, yeah, so she just kept her eyes on the road ahead of her and said, oh, that's interesting. Can you tell me what else you're seeing, like what's happening? So, yeah, we just kept an eye on it and it was getting bigger and coming closer and we were getting really excited. Um, yeah, we weren't scared at that point at all. We didn't have a reason to be and just said, mum, mummy, it's getting bigger. It's coming closer. And it went from the size of a star. I mean, like a bright star looking up, it seemed to be getting closer and becoming larger. And it went from the size of a star to, you know, a golf ball and then getting bigger. And I think my sister described it to my mum. Mummy, it's like a soccer ball up in the sky. Um, so, you know, if you look up at a full moon and it looks, you know, golf ball size or tennis ball size, this was just getting bigger and closer. And I'm not sure the actual size of it because judging the distance looking up, was kind of hard to determine the exact size and distance. But yeah, it, it was appearing to be a soccer ball and even larger. It was like a sun floating up in the sky. It was, yeah, it was crazy. Um, so by this time, we're really excited and saying, mum, mum, it's, you know, it's closer, it's behind the car, it's up in the sky. and um, yeah, we started joking to our mum because she's had some encounters throughout her life where just random people just spontaneously would say to her, you're an alien. And she didn't know these people. It wasn't, you know, in topic. And she's just like, what is that about? You know, And she had told us this because we would just talk about, you know, weird things when we were younger. And mum told us people had called her an alien. So this was just a perfect moment for my sister and I to just say, hey, mum, you're an alien. Why don't you talk to the aliens, you know? <laughs> and she, yeah, she just laughed exactly. She's like, oh, come on, you know, it could be anything. I'm like, mummy, mummy, talk to the aliens. Come on, you're an alien. And we just wouldn't let up. And she's like, oh, come on. All right. And she just kind of humoured us and went along with it for a minute. And we're still watching this ball of light up in the sky just following us. And um, she just kind of humoured us and just went sarcastically, scoffed a bit. No, oh, all right. If you're really out there, if you really exist, you know, and we're giggling and watching, give me a uh, – keep in mind I'm driving a car. Give me a sign in my field of vision, like prove your existence. Give me a sign in my field of vision, she said. This thing went from behind the car shot over the top of the car and just appeared directly in front of us above the road in front of the car. The instant she said that. Now, all of us yeah. just went silent for a moment. I remember in my child's mind, that was evidence. <laughs> in my mind, she's an alien. These are aliens. What's going on? Like, I just remember freaking out. Like, the excitement just disappeared and just became terror for me. I was That was enough. Um, 
I instantly pulled my knees up to my chest. I buried my face in my arms and I just freaked out. I, I didn't want to see. My sister and mum were saying, oh, Sasha, look, Sasha, look. And this thing was, yeah, above the road, um, keeping pace though. My mum was still driving and this was keeping pace with us. I do remember seeing that it was just matching pace. We were driving towards it. It wasn't getting any closer or going further away at this point. Um, and yeah, I did look up. My sister, she was braver than me, four years old, you know, shaking my shoulder. Look, look, Sasha, look. And I just remember them saying, you're missing it. You're missing it. And I thought, you know, all right, just had another peek. And um, looking through the front windshield, we just saw three smaller orbs come out of this big white one and just do these little formation, little patterns around underneath it in formation. And yeah, that was, that was enough for me. I either, um, I either blacked out or passed out at that point. I was crying. I remember saying to mum, mummy, make them go away, make them go away. And yeah, after, at that point, I just blacked out. My sister and mum told me that the three smaller ones actually returned back into the larger one and that it just took off. It just shot off into the sky, rapid speed and just vanished. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. That that would be terrifying. And like the fact that your sister and your mother weren't really overly terrified, they're still like, rather amused by what's happening like usually other people be like freaking out going what the hell is going on well yeah yeah it was over the top for me i was just i couldn't comprehend that <laughs> yeah so the the larger craft was that still like um still like the light or could you actually see like structures or like some sort of design to the craft no well that's the thing we're not sure was it actually a craft illuminated was it just a huge white orb was it one of those min min lights that you know people have discussed um in australia we're not sure what it was really. It was just so brilliantly bright. Um, and I have mentioned telling this um, to other people before. I think it's significant for some reason. But being as bright as it was, it actually didn't have a glow around it or like a halo of light. You know, if you look at a street light or something, there's that hazy glow around it. Um, it didn't have a glow around it. It was just so inwardly bright that the edge was such like a sharp defined bright edge um and i just remember that being really significant it just stood out to me that as bright as this was it was just such a sharp defined ball of light yeah yeah so was it actually illuminating the ground as well or is it just more its own light um i i can't actually remember because by the time it was in the front of the car you know the headlights are still on um looking at the back it was quite high up so by the time it came over the top of the car um and it was above the road yeah I couldn't really tell, but just looking at it, it hurt my eyes. It was like looking at the sun. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, possible Min Min light, but I don't think we've ever, like, well, when people talk about Min Min lights, they don't really talk about them coming from the sky and then coming from... And other ones coming out of it, yeah. Yeah, and the larger yeah. one, yeah, the larger one was about the size of a small car from memory by the time it was in front of us. It was quite large. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, the smaller ones that came out of it, um, were about a quarter of the size or a third of the size. Yeah. Yeah, so it still makes you wonder, like, uh, were they, like, part of the structure or, uh, well, what part of a structure of the, a craft could they have been to be doing that? But it more yeah. leads me to incline that they are just forces of light or, you know, something that's, that's intelligent, a light being or something. Like, you know, it's, I don't know how you can really explain it because <laughs> yeah. it's just light. And I don't really recall hearing or anything of that uh, nature where a light has um, is able to go and produce its own 
don't know, baby lights, I suppose you want to call exactly, them. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I've heard stuff, you know, min-min lights or ball lightning or balls of gas or, and that's the thing, my mum, she's um always since we were kids, as much as we loved sci-fi movies and, you know, all these paranormal and mystery shows, she always kept a very scientific, sceptical mind, an open mind, but, you know, really projected that onto us as well, raised us to question, but, you know, keep a scepticism about it. Um, but, yeah, just, just work with the facts. And the facts were these three smaller balls coming out of it, they moved in formation. They moved in a pattern. There was some type of, you know, significance to their movement. They weren't just floating around like a bubble in the breeze. You know, there was something controlled about it. Um, so, <clears throat> sorry, whether or not that was a craft, yeah, or just, I mean, a ball of light, a ball of energy. Yeah, it's it's hard to say what that was. Yeah. But it definitely wasn't a plane. It definitely wasn't a helicopter. Definitely not. So like, how long do you think this whole experience took place? Well, I think it's... Yeah, out, from, yeah, from memory, I mean, I'm guessing by the from the time that we saw it in the sky initially as a star to the time that it took off, I'm, I'm just guessing about 10 minutes all up. Jeez, this is a fair, um, that's a fair time. Of this it is, encounter. yeah. I just remember the discussion and laughing and joking and just kind of seeing what would happen for quite a bit until until my mum spoke and actually responded that's when it really that's when it really hit and it just yeah it didn't last long after that <laughs> yeah was there any other cars on the road at all no no because i'm not sure if you like um heard like you know that when it comes to interactions with these crafts or whatever these things are there's been times there where like you know people that haven't come across a car for like so long and it's mm-hmm. almost like as if the whatever's controlling these crafts or whatever you know whatever you want to call them, they sort of seem to be able to put you in like some sort of dimension where there's no interaction with any other sort of outside mm-hmm. sources. Yeah, which is really strange and peculiar. And so it makes me sort of wonder, like if you guys happen to be into this situation there, where they put you in some sort of dimensional field or something like that. If that makes sense. Yeah, which is strange because other experiences that we've had, um, even if we had um, another witness with us, you know, in the car or wherever we were, there weren't other people around most of the time. And then oddly enough, on occasion when something did happen and other people were present, I've had it happen myself and my mum's also had it happen that other people were there and just didn't see it, didn't look at it, didn't look up to notice. Um, It's not like we were looking and other people looked and said, well, we don't see anything. What are you talking about? It's just situations where my mum would bring that up with us after and say, what is it about, what is it, what's the explanation that some people will look up and see this and other people will be there and just not see a thing, not not think to look up or not notice to look up, yeah. Yeah. Well, especially as, like, today's sort of um, civilization, everyone's all stuck in their phones these days, so not a lot of people are looking up and they're not really aware <laughs> yeah. of what's surrounding the surroundings, so that's, that'll, be, that'll play a big portion in today's sort of society and that sort of... yeah case but yeah there, there always has been a question too like are some people with the ability to be able to see these things more um recurringly or is it some people like just have this little one-off sort of experience but then some yeah. other people just have no experiences or encounters at all throughout their whole life and so it does it raises the question what's the go there like why are there yeah, some people like who some seem people to have the ability seem... or not yeah some people just seem to be a magnet for this stuff because how is it that someone can go their entire life and look and try and hope and wish and pray and just not see anything? And then other people, you know, for, for our family, for example, we've seen 
dozens of things between us you know it's just people wouldn't believe the amount of things that would happen to one person or one family it's just crazy yeah definitely one of the other things i've sort of um noticed a lot too is like when people claim they have or they are having reoccurring experiences there it's like well what exactly are they seeing that is that they're claiming to be a ufo on that sort of sense now mm-hmm. as you said there like your mother has encouraged you to uh, stay objective you know and be critical on what is around there and i've noticed that in a lot of things that um, you've mentioned on on social media and stuff like that so you've you're definitely not someone on that loony bin expert aspect and i'm not trying to say you're on the loony bin but yeah um some people are probably a little bit too um open-minded i should say and think that everything has is a, a craft or a ufo and doesn't have an explanation behind it um mm-hmm. whereas you're you um just going from past history of no so you're actually objective so like so what i'm trying to get at is when you're saying that you're seeing these things quite often what exactly are you seeing them do um that's it well another time actually on the same stretch of road um well i'm not sure between port augusta and wyala specifically but it's usually around there um but between adelaide and wyala we um on another trip had another lady in the car one of my mom's friends and we saw something on the ground um it appeared to be on the ground in a field off the side of the road um also no other cars around no traffic no lights um and we just saw a row of lights out in this field um and the field was fenced off there was no road turning off there um you know it didn't appear to be um another route another road going that direction so didn't think it could be another vehicle um at a moment my mum did suggest is it a truck maybe? Because it has, all, you know, two rows of lights. It could be a truck, but it definitely didn't look like truck lights. Um, so anyway, we were driving. We noticed out in this field a row of lights, two rows, sorry, one at the top and one underneath, a smaller row beneath. Um, and we actually pulled over because it was really interesting. So we pulled the car over. My mum pulled over. Her friend was in the front, my sister and I in the back. And we're just watching this. And there were long rectangular lights in a row um vertical rectangles in a row at the top and then beneath that there seemed to be like a little square row um and these were flashing pulsing in a time like like this little pulsating motion um and they were flashing in time and then they started flashing faster and they're flashing faster and faster. And we're watching this like, what is this? My sister, of course, she's always the braver one, the young kid. She's always braver. Mummy, mummy, I want to be the first to welcome the aliens to Earth. And she tries to get out of the car. Mom's like, you are not opening <laughs> that car door. Like, you don't know if there's radiation. You don't know what this is. Like, you just stay in the car, please. <laughs> I just looked at my sister like, she's crazy. Like, you have got to be kidding. <laughs> um, and yeah, actually, the lady in the front, she was quite religious. And she was getting very, very... Um, nervous and I remember she was kind of putting her hand to her chest I'm not sure if she made the sign of the cross and she was saying to my mum in Italian she was muttering something about please can we just leave and she wasn't happy with this at all Um, and yeah we just all watched and the lights flashing faster 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 and then suddenly just went out and just turned off they either turned off or they vanished or (laughs) and I just got this really eerie feeling when that happened once I couldn't see it and it was just pitch black outside the car because mum had stopped the car headlights off we just wanted to you know see this display and I just remember getting this really creepy feeling (laughs) like okay start the car let's go (laughs) and um yeah yeah, watched and waited and 
didn't see anything, but that definitely looked like it was on an object. That didn't look like, you know, a ball of energy or something. That looked like it was on something physical. Yeah, right. Is it like oh, something I should have asked you too with your, <clears throat> your prior experience and this one as well? Like, did you experience any like sort of missing time at all that you noticed? Um, not on those occasions. No, my mum did experience missing time um herself when she was younger in her twenties. Um, and that encounter that she's told me that that always gave me the chills. That one. Um, I could run that by you if you want, but myself, no, I I don't think I've experienced missing time. Yeah, no, that's fine. Is your mum open to like coming on the show and talking about her experiences at all? Do you know? Um, unfortunately, she's um she's got dementia now, so she's no, um yeah she's not in the best mind to recall things as well. <laughs> no, sorry to hear that. That's unfortunate. Yeah, that's sad. Um, it's a horrible um disease, and yeah, hopefully, well, all the best for you, you and the family when it's yeah. <laughs> anyway. Thank you. Yeah, she's got mostly mostly bad um good days at the moment so <laughs> that's good right. that's good um uh, yeah no my nan had dementia there and um it was horrible to see it go through and then yeah i totally understand what it's all about so um but yeah luckily she, for her before she passed she um she still had a bit of a good mind about her but it's just obviously mm-hmm. when the body sort of gives up that's about it yeah um uh, but anyway going on um so obviously like yeah i'll recall your mother's experience if you're happy to discuss that one yeah sure um this one <laughs> she's had a lot of um odd experiences since she was a kid she had a lot of ufo experiences when she was younger as well um uh and a possible abduction experience as well that she recalls um but yeah her missing time one so she was driving between adelaide and sydney she was out in the hay plane now she used to do that trip a few times um to visit family once she moved to Sydney. She would still come to Adelaide and Wyala. Um, she was confident driving. She was confident with her car. She would do regular checkups before long trips. Um, she kind of knew what to do, you know, under the hood of the car if anything went wrong. So, yeah, she didn't have any issues doing long-distance driving. Um, and on one particular night she was driving, she recalls being on the hay plane out in the point where she said, you know, it's just flat. It's just you look her out and there's just nothing all around you. It's just this deserted huge open space um and yeah it was at night she was just driving along and she said all of a sudden her car just turned off it just died it didn't um sputter and you know um stall and come to a stop it just turned off the engine just went off the lights went out and it just rolled to a stop um and she just thought okay well what now what what will i do all the lights were off, nothing was happening, um, no lights blinking, nothing. The car was just off and silent. And it was just pitch black. There was no vehicles, there was no light. And she just had this moment of, oh, great, now what? Um, you know, if a truck comes up behind me or if a vehicle's coming up behind me, they won't see me. I don't have hazard lights on. You know, will they hit me from behind? Should I get out and push my car off the road until, you know, she was in the middle of these thoughts, just wondering what to do next. And her next recollection, She's driving. She's doing the speed limit. The headlights are on. Her hands are on the steering wheel and she's driving. And she's suddenly aware of this and just went, well, hey, hang on. <laughs> How am I driving? And she just had this really, really uncomfortable anxiety feeling sweeping over her of just almost dread and just anxiety and just saying, what on earth happened? She said her mind was just trying to relay just the last thoughts she had. And she remembers sitting there thinking, oh, you know, what will I do? And, suddenly driving she said I didn't 
jingle the keys and get the car started. And go, oh, yippee, you know, the car started. She didn't get out and check under the bonnet and tinker with something. She's just suddenly driving. And it just really didn't sit right with her. As she's trying to relay back over her thoughts of what could have just happened, something in the back of her mind, either a voice or just a feeling said to her, don't think about it, don't question it, just keep driving. And she just left it at that. She just, okay, <laughs> and just kept driving yeah. and put it out of her mind. Um, and it wasn't until she either got to where she was going or sometime later that she actually thought about it and went, hang on, what happened? And she did notice that her watch had stopped. Um, and she didn't, she's not, you know, again, she said, could that be a coincidence? You know, was it to do with that? Did the watch stop because something happened and some, you know, same as the car stopping? Um, she remembers that she did try to change the battery and the, the watch just never worked again. Um, but again, that is that relevant? Is it not? Um, it's just something that she noticed. But yeah, definitely um, inexplicable, that one. <laughs> that is incredible. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Creeps me out. I never even wanted to touch the watch when she told me that. I was like, it's just creepy. Yeah. Oh, even just, that's that's mind-blowing. That's um, something you don't hear every time. Like, you know, people like sort of like, you know, they have a bit of a mind blowing go, oh, how do I get to here? Like, have those sort of yeah. stages. But that's like, you know, physically remembering the car breaking down and then suddenly driving mm -hmm. again. That, that is just, mm -hmm. no. <laughs> that's, a, that's a You know what? I will add to that. Now, again, this is, my mom doesn't really like to add this to the story because, again, um, she can't call it evidence. There's nothing to really back it up. But just for curiosity's sake, when she had told um, friends about this and they said, why don't you go for hypnosis and just, go under hypnosis and see if anything happened. And she said, that can't prove anything. You know, is hypnosis real? Is that going to bring up something that actually happened? You know, is the person doing the session implying something that they want to happen, like, you know, that they wish had happened and I'm going to tell the story that they want to hear. But for curiosity's sake and a bit of fun, she did go for a hypnosis session. Um, and under hypnosis, she either recalled or constructed in her mind, um, imagined, that when the car stopped, she saw a huge orange ball appear above the road in front of her and that she got out of the car silently and just like a zombie approached this orange ball and just walked into it and just went inside this orange ball. And then she came out of the, the hypnosis um came out of the hypnosis session and just went, oh, that was interesting. And, yeah, people freaked out when she told them that. And she said, no, I can't say that that happened. She said, I don't remember that that happened. You know, could it have happened? Maybe. Um, she said, but because it wasn't my own recollection and it was under hypnosis, she said it could have been implied. It could have been, you know, she she never really ran with that. But it, it is a creepy little addition to it just to think of the what ifs. Yeah. No, that's the biggest thing you have to be careful with um, when it comes down to uh hypnosis um, <clears throat> sorry oh, with hypnosis you know like yeah ideas can be planted into your head mm -hmm. um if the person is sort of even experienced there or they're asking the wrong questions like yeah uh, i'm not a hypnosis myself but you know i know that it can be easily manipulated uh well, well brains can be easily manipulated to the situation of what wants to be told yeah um you know like instead of saying oh yeah what what's the craft looked like and it's like oh there's a craft there now oh okay yeah cool all right mm -hmm. and then the craft looks like a ufo you know whatever you want so yeah but yeah, yeah. so like a, i suppose but like even so like um the fact that she sort of woke up after she entered into the light um and mm -hmm. this sort of makes you think there might be a deeper sort of uh re 
oh, what's the word now? Um, repression? Uh, is that the right word? Yeah. Um, yeah, a repressed memory that is like real deep down and can't remember what's actually happened mm-hmm. after that fact and the fact that she um, yeah, woke up to that. Gives me a bit of the idea that's sort of what's happened here in that situation. So it's, it's strange, but yeah, I wouldn't doubt that that was actually what happened. Yeah, it's something to consider for sure. Yeah, definitely. So um, you got other experiences there, like your whole family sort of seems to be quite involved in the whole UFO sort of um, strange happenings, I should say. Um, Any more that you want to sort of share? Oh God, I've got so many. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love, I love talking about it. I've I've got a huge list. I'm kind of a bit out of whack with the dates sometimes. I I think, you know, did this one happen first or did that one happen? But oh yeah, I've got a huge list. So the more you want to hear, the more I can tell. Yeah. yeah, and my mum's my mum's experiences too. She did give me permission to share them quite a while back. So, um, I think it's, I think it's really interesting that she has had so many experiences for herself when she was younger, and then you know we were kind of added to that, I guess, for it to have continued for my sister and I as well with her. Um, I just think that that's pretty interesting. It's a family thing. Um, but yeah, my own experiences. What was another one? Um, I did have one experience during the day. Um, this was in, um, I do have the date somewhere. I think it's September 25th, maybe 2012. Um, and yeah, so it was in, the, I was in the car with one of my friends and driving along, uh, I think maybe the Birkenhead Bridge in Port Adelaide in, in South Australia. Um, I can find the exact bridge name. Anyway, Um, It was a lot of traffic on the road, blue sky, no clouds, very busy traffic time, 4.30 in the afternoon. And I was a passenger in the front of the car. And I just remember thinking what a great sunny day it was and looking out across the water towards the Fisherman's Wharf markets um, in Port Adelaide. And I just, something caught my eye and I looked above the market's sheds and there was uh, a very, very bright disc shaped glowing object just stationary in the sky and I went whoa hey what's that and there's a lot of traffic there's a lot of people and a lot of you know cars on the road and my friend who was driving he was just a bit frustrated in the traffic and he wasn't really looking and I just I didn't even think to say anything I just went whoa I just stared at it for a second I was trying to think what is that and yeah it was just this disc shaped very 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 bright light just stationary just hovering there against the blue sky and I went what is like I just and by the time I turned to him to say hey look the traffic had started moving and we turned away from it to head towards my house that he was taking me to down the road so we turned away from it went out of view and I just went what hey what wait did you just do that there was a UFO there was a bright light he said no I didn't see anything what you know he was just grumpy with the traffic and I said oh my gosh there was this like thing glowing it was just sitting there and I only saw it for a couple of seconds to just really look at it and just see that's unusual. It's not moving. It's very bright. I just saw the shape of it and it just stuck in my mind. I thought, wow, that was something. Um, and yeah, by the time I got home, um, another friend came and visited me the next day and I said, Hey, I saw this light yesterday, this glowing object. You know, I wonder if anybody else saw it. It was in the daytime. It was so many people and I was just reliving the experience and just casually, he just went, well, have you looked up on YouTube? And I said, what are the odds of that? And he goes, well, if you saw it, somebody else must have seen it. And I went, oh, hang on, okay. And I just simply typed in September 25, Adelaide UFO sighting, something like that. And it actually came up um, 
the very same day that I had seen it the day before, somebody filmed a UFO in Adelaide um, that night. So it was the same shape as what I saw, but in the video that they filmed at night, it was just a row of lights. Um, so in the daytime when I, I'm sure, it, you know, probably could have been the same thing. It was the same shape, but when I saw it in the day, the lights, if they were separate, had all blurred together as one glowing light. Um, but yeah, the video that they filmed that night um, showed a row of separate lights. Um, helicopters actually approached the object that they filmed and they got a good few minutes recording of this, which I'm pretty sure it's still up on YouTube, actually. I looked it up recently. I'm so, about um, to look for it now. Sorry? I'm about to look for it now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have it saved. I could I could find the actual um, title of it if you can't pull it up. Um, but, yeah, I just I found it really interesting. They didn't add, um, I think the video that's actually available now is not uploaded by the original um, filmer, the person who filmed it, unfortunately. So um, they didn't give the exact location of where it was filmed. Um, but, yeah, I think even my old YouTube comment, my old YouTube accounts commented on there saying that that's what I saw. Um, but that's, yeah, that's pretty cool that somebody got the same thing. Um, yeah, that's that cool. I thought, yeah. Because <laughs> I was sort of going to say, like, is there any chance you possibly could have mistaken for a plane with a small contrail or was it a bit too no, close or something like that? No, no, it was, it just looked like a brilliant bright white disc just hovering there and it didn't move, it didn't have any other flashing lights, it wasn't like a, yeah, I just, it just looked like a glowing disc. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. that's fair enough and like the fact that someone else has seen it later on roughly in the same location maybe, um, yeah, certainly adds a lot of lot more credibility to it uh, i'm just trying to find yeah. it now i can't really seem to find anything at this point i'll see if i've got it here <laughs> just while we're talking. yeah it's fine <clears throat> excuse me um but no, that's that's crazy and it's a shame that your your friend couldn't sort of get time to have a look there and sort of get a bit of a second set of eyes on it because that you know that always always helps the situation and sort of bit of adds value to the um, whole encounter that's for sure yeah um, just while I'm trying to find that video, um, another encounter I had, I'm pretty sure it was the same year, actually. Um, this was another one that was just a bit too close for comfort for my liking. <laughs> um, you know, seeing it up in the sky is one thing, but having it as close as this next one was, is just, yeah, too much for me. Um, so I was living in North Haven in South Australia and I remember I was just sitting in my room, which was at the front of the house and I had quite large windows from floor to ceiling. And um, I had the very heavy drapes open, so the street lights were coming in. I could see out. I had my bedroom light off, so no one could see in if they're outside. Um, and I was just laying in bed, and I couldn't sleep, and I was just feeling a bit, I don't know, insomnia, I guess. And um, I tried to just close my eyes and just relax, and I was just feeling a bit, I don't know, tense or something, or just anxious. And as I closed my eyes, um, I just, the room lit up the room illuminated so brightly um, as though it was daylight. And I just quickly sat up in bed, opened my eyes, thought, what is that? It was not, you know, a car going past. Like, the room, like, with my eyes shut, I could see bright light in my room. I quickly sat up. I looked outside my window. And cruising down the street just casually was a huge ball of white light, the same as what I saw that time in the car with my mum and sister. And this huge ball of light is just 
cruising slowly down the street about a meter above the road. Um, so very low to the ground. Um, and just cruised past my bedroom, past my bedroom window, kept going down the street, past my driveway, kept going. And I was just staring at it. I'm pretty sure my mouth dropped. Open. I was just staring at this like, what? And the second it left my sight, I quickly noted the time. I had a clock next to my bed and it said 3.38 a.m. Um, and that was December 21st, 2001. Yeah, so not the same year as the other one. Um, yeah, and I just, I remember noting that time and just going, what? And as soon as I saw it and looked at the time and I just had this very, very strong almost pulling sensation to go outside and then my immediate conscious thought was no I'm not doing that why would I do that I'm not going outside (laughs) but the fact that I felt the urge to go out there I was so drawn to go out there it creeped me out because there is no way that I would want to go out there I'm scared I don't know what that was I don't want to go out there so why do I have this very very strong urge like a magnetic urge to just go outside I just had this feeling that I just need to go outside and I instantly shut that down in myself like what are you thinking you're not going outside yeah it just the feeling really creeped me out because I'm like that is not my intention at all yeah (laughs) so yeah that was really weird um did you have to talk to any neighbors see if like anyone might have been awake at that time and seen this at all no no I didn't even think no I didn't even think to ask Ah, (laughs) yeah (laughs) It's not the type of thing that I really bring up with anyone anyway. I mean, I told my mom, she believed me, but yeah, um, because I was living with her at the time, actually. Um, And yeah, I just, it's not something that I really bring up to many people, I guess, unless the moment calls for it. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like, you know, it's not because like not a lot of us are scared to talk about it, but it just never seems to be really openly spoken about. Um, It's always Mm going to be the right moment, the right time to sort of talk about this thing. Um, it has to be yeah. around the like-minded pe- people as well. So it, it's, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, still a bit of voodoo about the whole topic. Mm-hmm. But and I think it's still slowly changing and we're getting there eventually. And, you know, it's becoming a lot more open. And, and that's the whole idea of doing this, you know, talking about these things. Because, like, for one, they're real. People have seen them worldwide. And mm-hmm. and unfortunately, the stigma is still attached to it. And one of the, yeah, one of the reasons doing this is trying to get rid of that stigma and that's still attached to it. Get people a lot more comfortable more open to the idea that this thing is a reality yeah definitely um actually on the topic of orbs um i mentioned this to my sister the other day i said do you remember this she's like yes ma'am <laughs> um when we were kids another small incident um so i guess it's not a ufo um it was unidentified and it was flying <laughs> but so my sister and i were at home and um, we had a, a two-story townhouse um, we lived in with our mum. And underneath the stairway, there was like a little um, triangular just storage space under the stairs. And my sister and I kind of made a little cubby house and we would open the door and call in and put our little blankets and posters up on the wall inside there. Um, and we would take a torch in and stuff and there was no light. And anyway, so we were sitting in there one time. It was during the day, but it was pitch black in there. If you shut the door, you'd have to put a little torch on. And, yeah, we just sat in there and we shut the door and we were talking, giggling and whatever, and um, we had the torch off. So it was just black. And then suddenly a tiny little, I think it's like a pea size, like a tiny little orb just appeared and illuminated the whole little space that we're sitting in. 
And I think it went between us. We just stared at each other and looked at this little glowing ball and it just floated very softly and like floated like a bubble and just cruising around. And we're just staring at each other, staring at the little orb and staring at each other. And my sister, God, she's always, she's always the braver one. She just like takes the risk to just try something. I swear, I just think she's crazy half the time. We're like, what are you doing? And she just put her finger out and just poked it. <laughs> she just stuck her finger straight on it and it burnt her finger and disappeared. Oh, geez. And it, yeah, it, yeah, it burnt the end of her finger and it just vanished. Like, turn it off. She just poked it out or something. <laughs> well, that and, definitely um, rules out a firefly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it just appeared from nowhere and it burnt her. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what you get for sticking your finger in a glowing orb, sister. Like, what are you doing? But, wow. um, yeah, just, <laughs> I mentioned that to her the other day. I'm like, do you remember that little glowing orb that burnt your finger? She's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. So did it actually, like, leave a mark on her finger or is it, like, something that's sort of just bit ouch? Oh, I mean, like, yeah. yeah, it just went ouch kind of. She doesn't yeah. have, like, a scar or anything you can still see, but. Yeah, just it's just one of those childhood moments that we shared. It's like, hey, remember our crazy life? Remember that ball that burnt your finger? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I've heard of like these little orbs turning up in people's houses and stuff like that, which is really strange. Like some people sort of recall them as like maybe a possible spirit in that. I'm not talking about the orbs that you see on the uh, night vision cameras and baby monitors and stuff like that, but uh, the fact like I'm talking like, like ones you're explaining there, like total like little fireball looking thing, you know, it's actually got its own intelligence or its own glow its own sort of yeah yeah and so i don't know if that might be a, a possible spirit or if it could be a um could be something related to the whole ufo et sort of agenda there i'm not really sure it's one of those things you will never really know i suppose but still yeah, either see, way my it's mom interesting went... scary yeah exactly we it was exciting and it was interesting but then when it burnt her finger it was like it scared me because i'm like oh it can kind of hurt like what is it but i mean it went away it didn't come back but um explaining that to my mom she would just put it down to um you know static electricity or something or you know energy transferred into you know she'd try and explain it to us scientifically as kids and sometimes you just go mom it was just cool right do you have to take the coolness out of it yeah put it down to something so specific and you know so sensible can it just be something magical sometimes which it was you know even with a scientific one some of it i look in my mind in my life and just go wow it's it's magical it seems amazing to me it just seems just like a, my mum would say, a charmed life. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing too. Like, is it a, a form of magic? Could it not be anything to do with ETs or um, of a paranormal nature? Could it be like a form of magic that's sort of slowly coming through and around the right people that have that sort of open connection to it? It's... Yeah, see, this is the kind of stuff that I just I love to question. I love exploring every possibility and just going, what if, what if, what if? And it just, yeah. It's just something that's always been such a huge part of my life and I've always just had a huge interest in it. Yeah, no, it's always so, been yeah, interesting yeah, I too. love the questions. Definitely. <laughs> I love yeah, the what Because, like, <laughs> like, you know, there's always been, like, a, a history that there's a magic as it exists throughout the ages. Yeah. And why it died out, I'm not sure. Is it because human civilization sort of disconnected it from that? Because, like, you know, witchcraft was a, a massive sort of voodoo back in the day. They were, you know burning witches at the stake and mm -hmm. anything that did involve magic was dark and evil and so it got shunned out of um civilization very quickly uh especially yeah. like the medieval sort of days and uh into the 1800s and whatnot so and, and it is today because we're sort of like you know we're sort of getting away from all that sort of um you know the old what would you call it like medieval times 
and we've been more open to the possibility that these things are existing and they're real. You know, magic is real. ETs are real. Mm-hmm. Paranormals happening a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more cryptid sort of stuff coming out now. Like they're starting to come back around, and people are seeing these strange things. Um, so it's like, well, what's happened there? Like, it, is our human civilization changing, adapting to be more open to that, or are these things just more so just coming out of the woodworks now and just mm-hmm. showing themselves a lot more? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <Good> question. <laughs> So I can't yeah. seem to find this thing on YouTube, unfortunately. It's... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I know I got distracted and I stopped looking. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I've been trying to look down. This one in 2018 is a strange unidentified light. Oh, no, yeah, I have it. Yeah. So if you type in UFO. Yep. Adelaide, Australia. All right. Yep. 25th of, just say 25th September. 2011. Here we go. 2011. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, uh. Hang on, I just got an ad coming through, and then I'll try and get this onto the screen there so everyone else can watch this. Just give us a second, guys. Just fix some stuff here. Uh, not that one. No, pause that for a second. I can get this screen working. Um, not that one either. Not that one. And there we go. Reading the description, they actually said the resident who reported the sighting and documented the unidentified flying object said that the UFO sighting began with the arrival of one single light. So there we go. That's weird. Because I saw it as a single light. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, I'm just going to press play here, guys. You should be able to see this now if I transition that. And there we go. Let's play out. So the object was extremely large and low to the ground, moved slowly, but sometimes remained stationary, became very bright. Number of lights seemed to be changing. I lost it. Didn't read it quick enough. But I think you just read the same thing, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> So for those who are listening on the podcast, there, there is a strange light. It's got two lights. Oh, no, there's a third one next to the second one on the right. So that's strange. You can definitely rule out possible landing lights, and it seems to be quite stationary. Yeah, yeah. if you skip to probably, um, say, like two minutes in, um, you'll see a better that's all right, we'll roll through it and see where it's going to go. Um, the camera came, seems to keep going in and out of focus. And, oh, now we've got more rosa lights now. Wow, okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So so two bright lights on each end, and they've got two, uh, three on in the middle there. And it looks like there might be another one on the right-hand side at the back of it, like as if it's you're seeing the front of the craft, and then you can see a little bit of a glow on the back of it from the angle of perspective, which is very interesting. And... Yeah, definitely rules out landing lights. Because mm-hmm. um, if this whole video goes for six minutes, then like that thing would have been landed by now, going by its height yeah. and its distance. So, But it is slowly moving. It's gone through the trees, or unless old mate's moving. It's hard to sort of tell. Uh, all right, now change our scene again. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Got a bit of camera going out of focus there. It literally looks like a car's headlights and with the three spotties in the middle of it. Yeah. That is very strange. So where was the media on this? Um, surely someone would have shared this to the media and gone, what is that? Or, you know, it should be some sort of, uh, you know, news outlet, social media. Uh, especially yeah, for, was it I, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember hearing anything about it. If my if my friend hadn't even told me to just randomly check on YouTube, I wouldn't have even seen the video because I really didn't think um, anybody else saw it. Because oh, I mean, being in the car and seeing all the traffic and everything, somebody maybe would have seen it, um, but nobody reacted. You know, no horns honking and somebody pointing out the window, and you know, I just thought, oh, did anybody else see that, or was it just me, or? I didn't even react quickly enough to say to my friend to turn his head and have a look. So yeah, yeah, I was just really Which glad that somebody usually the case caught in that situation. That came not. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm almost looking, seeing if there might be a second light on the right hand side of that light. So I'm just going to pause this here so I can read this out for the people who are, um, who are listening on the audio version. So uh, about 45 minutes later, there were half a dozen helicopters and a couple of planes and military jet scouring the area and surrounding areas with spotlights. This lasted until after sunrise. So that's a fair time. Uh, I do not live near an airport and have lived in the same area for over 17 years. I've never witnessed activity like this before. The most you will ever see is one police helicopter flying by once or twice a month or light planes now and again. I've been watching the skies for about seven months now and have noticed mainly in the last three months a large increase in UFO phenomena. 
I'll be uploading more of these sightings shortly. So hopefully you did. So I'll go and play this back again. And, um, just got the chat still there, the, the whole uh, dialogue I've just read out then. And might be going to a different scene. And all right, here we go. Got another video coming through now. Not sure if it's the same craft at this point. It looks very similar. And it might have the helicopter. Yeah, you can see navigation lights now chasing this craft. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely a helicopter. So oh, now it's turned to a red light in the middle of it. Oh, that's interesting. And now it's gone an odd shape. So um, before it was the object was horizontal. Now it's vertical, or it's actually rotating. I'm not sure if that was sort of looking like a plane then, the way it was sort of banking to the left a little bit. That might have been a plane going through with the um, jets, maybe, possibly. Or that could have been the craft, but it's a bit hard to sort of tell. Yeah. Just the way it's sort of angling a little bit, it could have been, yeah. Uh, we did mention fighter jets came out, so... It could have been one of them flying along, so just the way it sort of angled was banking a little bit. So now we just got the one object in the sky. Not really sure what that is there. The camera focus is going crazy, trying to get something there thanks to the darkness. And all right, now this looks like the same crafts. Two main lights on each side, and one in the middle this time. So from there, okay, there's. Oh, if we stop moving around so much, yeah. <laughs> it's a pain in the bum. So there we go. Now we've got a helicopter coming through, which is going back to the same area, which it's probably gone. So it looks like this this whole object took place facing towards the east, going from the uh, the sunrise there, and basically just questioning was it a UFO or not. So that's really interesting. And yeah, I was I was curious to find out where they filmed that because if I saw it, um, if it's the same thing that I saw, um, you know, in Port Adelaide at four thirty in the afternoon, I'm just wondering, you know where did it move to if it's the same object um how long did it hang around adelaide for it seems like it hung around all night so yeah, yeah. that is very interesting mm -hmm. oh there could have been sand to this i don't know i muted the um site just in case because i didn't know what ads were going to come through and whatnot so yeah. oh, there's... oh it's got that spooky music come through <laughs> that they usually put in with ufo videos <laughs> yeah. yeah. Still sort of going there. We've got about 30 seconds left of the video there. And just showing the same thing basically. So look at one, two, three, four, five, six potential lights there. So that's very interesting. And um, definitely rule it an aircraft with that one, there, especially with how long this whole thing was flying around. So it's very, mm -hmm. very interesting. Dad, the dishwasher stinks. Now get this right screen back and oh no there we go transition that back there we go bang goodbye ads yeah that's very interesting i hope someone who um is listening to this podcast here or even watches this podcast can actually get an idea of where this whole sighting took place so i can get a bit of an idea mm -hmm. and um yeah, especially like around that time, 2011, that, that was just on the um, when social media was taking place. So like, how would you not share that on social media? 
Yeah. That is um, really peculiar. Well, I suppose, hang on, when did social media really start taking place? I'm trying to think now. I think it was, MySpace was around about, what, 2005, 2006? And then Facebook wasn't long after that, about 2008, I think, or 2007, I think. So, you know, social media is pretty well and truly on its way through. And yet there was nothing posted through to go and really take people's attention to go on something else weird was happening here, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate. But, yeah, look, it's one of those things. Um, very interesting, to say the least. Very, very interesting. I'm quite curious on that. Yeah, it's one of the better videos I've seen. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like that one there, you, you can sort of rule out a lot of things. Um, like I said, you know, I'm quite objective and very critical on what I sort of see on Facebook. And that one sort of rules out all these possibilities at this point. Like, um, can definitely rule out the yeah, landing lights on a plane purely for the fact of how long it was staying in the air for and how long they're claiming that this whole experience happened for. And just very, very interesting. I've got Chris um, in the chat here saying he's catching stuff like this all the time. So, mate, happily for you to go and share this stuff if you can something, get something a bit better than what this guy's got showing you and a bit more, um, yeah, a bit, <laughs> a bit more stable and as long as there's a fair bit of context behind it. I'd love to go and see what you've got there, mate. Um, but yes, I'll put the link in there. Thanks, Chris. I will put that in the chat there so people can go and reference that and whoever misses that. But look, um, look, you're, you you say that you've um got like a bit of like a bit of a paranormal background as well and sort of stuff and like you know yeah. going on to your ET sort of stuff as well. Like where do you want to tell us a bit about which um well what was more prominent for you the paranormal sort of things or was the the ET sort of stuff or UFO unexplained stuff? Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to say. As much as I love the UFO stuff, um, and that's what really um, stood out as my first earliest memories, I'm going to have to say the paranormal side of life for me um, is a lot more significant. Um, growing up with my mom and my sister, the stuff that would go on in our family home, um, sometimes there were other witnesses there. Um, and people would kind of talk and, you know, as, as much as mum got called an alien, I'm sure there was talk saying either someone did say to us or we thought it was something that she could possibly be a witch or something. And we had a bit of a laugh about that. Um, yeah, she's, she's always explained to us in a way that it wouldn't scare us. So the, the UFO stuff scared me because I didn't know what that was, but seeing things, paranormal things at home, the way that my mum explained it, um, coming from her it didn't scare me. I just thought it was cool. And we've basically got this super mom. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> things would just happen with my mom around. Um, usually I'll just, I'll say one of the, as an example, one of the first things. So for example, mom said, come on girls, time to go to bed. And we were acting up a bit and just running a bit of a muck and just taking our time. And she was getting a bit frustrated. Come on, you know, it's time to go to bed, go upstairs, brush your teeth, put your pajamas on. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, look, I'm not going to ask you again. Seriously, go brush your teeth. Sounds like a story of my life. <laughs> and we're like, okay, fine. Um, so she was getting a bit, you know, a bit more intense about it. And we're like, oh, okay. So we went upstairs and my sister and I, we walked into the bathroom and we set foot into the bathroom and the taps in the basin just came on full blast. Like it was like a waterfall, a powerful, powerful shooting of water just came out. 
and we're like, whoa, what? And we quickly tumbled back down the stairs, like, mom, 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 the chef's giving me And we try to, like, tell her, like, each one, like, pushing in front of the other one, trying to tell her. And she just goes, well, I told you to brush your teeth. Like, she did not care at all. <laughs> she just said, I, just, I told you to brush your teeth, like, whatever kind of thing. Um, another time, uh, I remember I, I went to talk to my mom about something. She was sitting there by herself, just sitting at the table, gazing outside deep, deep, deep in thought. And, you know, she always taught us not to interrupt someone, you know, say, excuse me, or wait your turn. Or, you know, if you can see that the adults are talking, just kind of wait for a moment. And um, she was sitting by herself. She wasn't on the phone. She wasn't doing anything that I could notice. She was just sitting and looking, but I could see that she was very deep in thought and concentrating and very serious about something. And I just kind of edged up to the table a little bit and shuffled a little bit closer to be noticed. And I didn't want to just say, hey, mom, look at me, you know, can I ask you something? I just kind of waited to be acknowledged. I could kind of sense the tone and the vibe was just a little bit serious. And um, I just cautiously approached and just shuffled a little bit closer. And as I got closer to her, the kettle in the kitchen behind her turned on instantly and overflowed with boiling water you know kettles the electric kettles they take a while to heat up yeah. you know it's a gradual thing yeah this just flicked on the the switch flicked and it was just erupting with boiling water it was like a volcano it was just erupting and spitting and water's overflowing and she didn't react and my eyes just widened i remember i just stared at this kettle just doing its thing and i just glanced at my mum. She didn't even look at me. She didn't even react. And she just quietly, very calmly said, I'm boiling with rage. And I just shuffled back out of the room. Went, okay, no worries. I won't interrupt any further. Yeah, I just thought, all right, now it's not a good time. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So just, just little things like that. Um, kind of escalated to bigger things um so another time my mum she had a lot of people over she would have you know dinner parties and stuff and my sister and I would go to bed and she'd have all the adults over and they'd have coffee and you know cigarettes and sitting there talking and chatting and have music on and um it was supposed to be our bedtime or we were supposed to be asleep or something and um still in that same two-story townhouse and we crept down onto the landing of the stairs and um, there was like a, a, a middle landing part and we were peeking over the railing, just watching the adults. And um, my mum, she had a, a record player, an old record player to play music records. And um, the record player had um, got stuck. So th the needle was skipping and it was scratching, making that skipping, scratching sound. The music had stopped. And there were, you know, half a dozen people at the table and everyone's chat chatting and talking over each other and laughing and talking. And we could see our mum, she had gathered all the empty coffee mugs and she was about to go and make more coffee. And her foot's kind of half in the kitchen to go and make the coffee, but kind of still half in the dining room listening to everyone. And she's just kind of nodding politely, yep, yep, yep. And we could see the frustration building on her. Like she wants to go and rinse the coffee cups, but she doesn't want to interrupt the person talking. And she's still listening, but a lot's going on and she's kind of in the middle of it. And then we see her glance over at the needle skipping on the record player across the room. And nobody else had noticed, nobody really cared, the music had stopped, everyone's talking. But mum had noticed the skipping needle on the record and she was holding her all these coffee mugs in her hands. She's almost kind of tapping her foot frustrated, nodding, smiling at the person talking and then looked over at the, the record player skipping 
and we followed her gaze because oh something's gonna happen here <laughs> and, um, the record player lid lifted it was quite heavy the record player lid had a lid over um to protect the moving record the lid lifted and the needle the the arm the needle of the the record player lifted and positioned itself back to the start of the record and played music again like it's supposed to and she had this smug little smirk on her face. Nobody noticed, nobody even noticed the music started again. My sister and I went, oh, and just looked at each other like, mum did that. <laughs> and she just smiled and went into the kitchen to, you know, rinse out the mugs. We just, it was just a little moment that we just caught. Nobody even noticed. Nobody cared. Nobody caught that the music had stopped or it even started again. Everyone's in conversation. But yeah, my sister and I just thought, how we caught that? We saw that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and mum's little smirk on her face, like, hmm, that worked. <laughs> so, do you um, sort of think that your mum's like got an idea that she's have this kind of ability to be able to do these kind of things? Like, even though like she might not be uh, more, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the word now, I'm getting lost here, but um, like uh, attuned to it, but like she seems to be able to have the ability to do it when she like really needs to or like something that sort of the, yeah the way that she explained it was it's not so much that she can control what's going to happen she could feel something was going to happen so she said that the way that she it, her experience for something happening um it was in a moment of overwhelm so either intense emotion of frustration or anger or intense emotion of um, grief or sadness or connection with somebody she she was very psychic and she was very in tune to um, a person in distress either family or friends or sometimes somebody from afar um, and she would feel something about to happen and she would describe it as almost like a, a whirlwind or a spiral of energy swelling up within her and she didn't know where that energy would be directed to so she didn't know what was going to happen but she could feel something building and something would happen um one time one time we were at a a pub a pokies place my sister and i were underage so we weren't in the pokies area we were just kind of hovering around the um they had like a restaurant area little we'd go out for um counter meals and stuff and my mum and my auntie well she's dubbed an auntie um, they went into the pokies area. My sister and I were just hovering around outside, just waiting a few minutes while the adults were in there. And my mum told us her side. And, of course, we were in the other room, so we copped the second half of this. So my mum tells that she was in the pokey room. Um, she was actually standing there tapping her foot, waiting for my auntie to finish putting some coins in and just finishing up for the night to leave. And my mum was hovering around behind my auntie, who was seated playing at the pokies. And my auntie reached down to, because back then you could smoke in the pokey room, she reached down for her packet of cigarettes and next to her she found she put her hand on somebody's purse and she picked it up and said, oh, someone's purse and handed it over to my mum who was standing behind her. She just handed it over her shoulder like, here, you sort it out, you deal with it. And uh, my mum was now holding somebody's purse and straight away this lady came up, rushing up, snatched it. That's mine, that's my purse. Mum said, oh, okay, well, here you go. And she looked into her purse and said, there's $50 missing. And my auntie's just playing, oh, okay, you deal with this. And my mum said, well, my friend's just found your purse. We don't know anything of you missing $50. But, you know, just be grateful somebody's found your purse. Here it is. You know, it wasn't us. No, there's $50 missing. And then her boyfriend came up and he was all in my mum's face and getting aggressive. And my auntie's just kind of just ignoring it, just playing pokies. And my mum's like, oh, you're really going to leave me dealing with this? And um, she just felt this thing building up inside her because she didn't want 
you know, she didn't want confrontation. She's trying to defuse the situation. And this guy's full on aggressive in her face. Now, her experience is she's describing this as he's aggressive. He's in his in her face. He's coming closer. He's basically spitting in her face talking. And she said she felt like this guy's going to headbutt me. He's going to headbutt me. He's going to hit me in the head or punch me or something. And she just felt this wasn't going to go down well because they were demanding money saying that she'd stolen it or something. And she's staying very calm and she's trying to diffuse this negative energy that he's putting off. And she just said very calmly, you don't know me. You don't know who I am and what I do. And it's best for you now if you turn around and walk away. And he's scoffing and he's in his in her face laughing. Oh, who are you then? You know, come on. And probably drunk and just aggressive and looking for a fight. She said, I'm going to tell you again. Turn around now and walk away. And um, oh, all right, fine. And he eventually just turned around and pushed the doors. Now, the doors to the pokey area were swinging wooden doors that had glass panels in them. And there were swinging doors. They didn't have a latch. There was no handle. He just pushed them open to enter the room. This guy, we were on the other side of the doors in the next room. From what we saw, he put his hand on the swinging door. He didn't punch it. He didn't kick it. He placed his hand on the door to push the swinging door open. And the two panels of glass in both the doors shattered, just burst. It's like they just popped into a million pieces and just shattered down. Everybody turned and looked. Security ran over. The look on his face and yeah, he just he was in shock because he didn't even do it aggressively. He did not slam those doors into the wall or anything. He touched the doors and the glass burst. And <laughs> security grabbed him and hey man, I just touched it. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. They took him, took him and his girlfriend. They you know kicked him out. And yeah, my mom and my auntie come out. Well, it's time to go, I guess. <laughs> and uh, mum, mum just had that little smirk on her face, like, "Well, I didn't have to do anything, did I?" <laughs> that uh... took care of itself. <laughs> um, and my sister said, "Mum, mum, you know this guy who just touched the doors, he didn't." And she said, "Oh, all right. Well, I'll tell you what happened at my end, but let's go. Let's <laughs> get in the car and go home now." So, um, yeah, it's just it's not a sense. It's not a matter of her doing it. It's just she can kind of sense when it's coming on, and yeah. The best way that she tried to describe it to us, uh, again, as kids, was, you know, it's like a thunderstorm, you know, the the hot and cold or the, the positive, negative, the, the energy is colliding. Um, she just said it's something like that. It's something's going to happen. It's going to have a, a burst out of, yeah, energy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. It, it's, yeah, it really makes you wonder, like, is there some sort of like a, a magic behind all this? And like, have you and your sister like had this sort of same abilities as well, or had any sort of like feelings or any something, anything that might be attuning you to this sort of same sort of ability, if you want to call it? Um, that? we've we've both had a lot of instances in our life where um we've had psychic abilities come over us. Um, it hasn't been at least my sister. I'm not sure if she's been able to control it. I think she has. I think she's mentioned to me a couple of times where she intentionally could control it and um use a psychic ability for something myself I've just had it happen um without you know knowing it would happen or without controlling it um things have come to me uh for example I was in a not so great relationship in my teen years um just with the wrong type of guy and um uh yeah one night um this is again I was living at my mum and he would come over a lot. He came over one night with a big black duffel bag and he was very agitated and very angry. And he came into my room and instantly I just had this sense of dread. 
and I had a very bad feeling looking at this black bag. And he was pacing my room and he spotted my wardrobe and just went over there, pulled all my stuff out from the top and shoved it into the top shelf and put things in front of it again, shoved it in the back. And he turned to me and he said, you don't touch it. You didn't see it. It's not there. Don't even look at it. Don't think about it. Don't touch it. And he walked out of the room and I stared at that wardrobe and I could see the bag in my mind and inside I could see drugs, I could see money and I could see a gun, a handgun. And I had this sickening feeling in my stomach and I had this anxiety come over me and a lump in my throat and I just thought, I can't have this here. I can't touch it. I don't want to touch that, but I don't know what he's done. I don't know who that is. I don't know what this is about, but I just, yeah, I couldn't sleep. I just felt sick having it in my room. Um, the next day he came to retrieve it and he was pulling all my stuff out to find the bag. And I said, don't ever do that again. And, you know, you need to take that gun out of here. And straight away, the look on his face and he's like, I told you not to touch it. You stupid effing this and that. Why did you, if you've touched it, don't you understand? And I said, I didn't touch anything. And he goes, we well, obviously did. Cause how would you know what was in there? And I said, so there is. And he's like, well, obviously there is because you touched it. I, said, I didn't just get it out of my house. Don't bring it back here. Don't ever do that to me again. Just take it out. And he just wouldn't believe that I hadn't opened the bag to see what was inside. But obviously he confirmed that I could see what was in there. Um, yeah, that just, that really creeped me out. <laughs> yeah. That's a really strange thing to sort of have, like, especially in a time like that. It's like really weird. I'm, I'm sure it's not the first time it's been something, someone's had that sort of same uh, encounter or sort of like a, a experience. Like, you know, because there's a lot of, um, I think it's like practice back in the eighties there during the Cold War and that, or maybe before that where they was doing like remote viewing sort of thing. I don't know if that's sort of like that same ability you might have just done then at that time. It's it's certainly strange, but it's sort of one of those questionable moments. Like, does that sort of really happen? What I can see there, or is it like you know? It, and then especially getting the confirmation there from uh, the, yeah. at the time there is like, wow, okay, so I wasn't really seeing things. It's just <laughs> it was actually a reality. Yeah. My mom actually practiced um, what? Sorry, what did you call um? Remote viewing. Yes, remote viewing. Yeah, she she actually practiced that and um had it confirmed by people at the other end that she was correct. Um, for example, she wanted to test how well it would work and how far she could actually do this. And um, she had a friend, her her cousin actually, call her up from America, in distress, knowing that my mom had these kind of abilities, and said oh, I've lost my, I don't know, special necklace or whatever it was. It was significant to her, important. And she'd misplaced it and she'd lost it or she thought someone had stolen it and she couldn't find it. And, oh, where is it? And can you help me find it? And I just, I don't know what to do. And my mum said, tune into the last place that you remember seeing it. No, well, it's not there because I checked. And mum said, I need you to retrace where you last stood when you last saw it and you had it in your mind. And she went and did that. And my mum could kind of pick up where she left off and recall she said it was like she was seeing through her eyes she could see through her cousin's eyes and she could see her cousins as though she was her cousin as though she was having her cousin's memories of where she went and put this thing and she retraced her steps in her mind and told her go into this room there's this wooden shelf cabinet thing and there's a drawer and you put it in there no I wouldn't have put it in there she said go and look and find it in this drawer and look down there and she went and she found it. She said, oh, my gosh, how? How could you have done that? Yeah. How did I not remember that? And you went and you pulled out this. And my mom hadn't even been to her house. She's never even been, you know, to America into this house. Or, um, yeah, it's just 
And she she felt very pleased with herself. She said, "All right, well, it works as far as America." <laughs> wow, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, if your mother's having that ability, it sort of makes you wonder, like, what was happening during these, like, obviously, yeah, American governments and other governments of maybe Russia or whatever, and doing these remote viewing. Like, how much did they learn throughout these times, or what you know, what are they looking at us publicly if they are at all? It just raises so many questions, and especially like other people having these abilities as well. It's like. How much is that now, over our lives are private, if that's the case? Right. Now, speaking <laughs> of government um, and military and stuff, she was actually approached um, by the Australian military. Um, they approached her at her home. They, they'd heard about her because she was in the media a lot as well, um, not only for this stuff, but she used to she have a, she had a career in, um, in the media since an early age. Um, and she was quite well known through SBS and radio and stuff. And, um, Anyway, so in the 90s, at the peak of all this happening with the UFOs and the paranormal stuff in our life, um, just word got through down the vine, I guess. And, um, yeah, she was approached by the military that came well, – a, a guy came to our house and sat down with her and said who he was and said, you know, we've heard about what you do. Um, we're wondering, are you willing to kind of come on board with us and prove, like, test – can we test you out what your abilities are? Um, they did ask her – are you able to do remote viewing? She said, yes. They said, are you able to, for example, take a, hold a photo of someone, look at the photo of this person and tell us about them? She said, oh, I'm pretty confident I probably could. And they said, can you do this? Can you do that? They asked her a, a number of questions. And um, they said, well, are you willing to come to our base and run a few tests? And she said, I'm willing to do the tests if you're willing to release the results to the public. And he said, thanks very much. Have a nice day. If you change your mind, here's my card. Um, oh, and he left her a card. Um, she showed me. She's, she used to – oh, she's lost it now, unfortunately. But she kept it for a few years just as a kind of a bit of a joke for herself, I guess. Um, but, yeah, they, they did approach her and just asked. And she just thought it was, you know, pretty interesting, the kind of stuff that they were needing from people. Um but yeah, she um, she had a friend who, sorry, I don't know how much I'm rambling here and going off topic. Just interject no, if you need. Um, she actually had a friend who wanted to scientifically test a lot of her abilities, um, along with other people. If anyone else was willing and anyone else had these abilities, she was one of I think a number of people who actually um, applied themselves to the to the testings. Um, but I think she and only one other person came through with the highest results for um, precognition skills, for telekinesis skills, um, that is like moving things with your mind, um, predicting the future, being psychic, tele uh, telepathic. And she actually sat down for a number of these tests to be conducted in a scientific manner. Um, her results um, topped the charts beyond anybody else that tried. Her... Um, Results are actually published in a book called um, An Excursion into the Paranormal. Um, and her initials in the book, she went under the initials DM, which, I, I mean, I guess I won't really say her name right now. I don't know if I should or not on here. But, yeah, um, her results are published in there. And that was some of the testings that she said um, she had to do was, um, for example, there was a, a computer screen with um, a little clown cartoon on the screen, stationary little figure. And with her mind, she was to make this clown juggle the balls that they were holding. Um, and she did. 
And then stuff like um, she she tried to dispute one of the tests and the guy wasn't having it. He was getting frustrated. She said, no, I refuse to accept the results for this test because, for example, there was one test where she had to hold two um, two little control panels in her hand, like two little buzzing buttons um, connected to a, a box or something that had two lights on it, a red light and a green light. And before the light came on or as the light came on or something, just before it came on, she had to predict which light would come on um, sporadically, randomly. She would have to push the button for the light that she believed would come on and it either did or didn't. And she got it 100% of the time or something. Like the result, she said the tests had to be done to a, to a point that this is without a doubt, it's not a fluke, it's not by chance. The same test had to be conducted hundreds or a thousand times, for example, to absolutely prove the results were not by chance. Um, it had to have such a probability factor that, you know, it was just without a doubt proven that it was her doing it. And she disputed this one and said, I can't, I can't submit these results. And he said, oh, but you got 100% and it went so many times. And she said, no, I can't prove that this test proves that I'm psychic and that I could choose which light was coming on because I could feel the electricity through these through the, the cables, the buttons that she was holding. She said, I could feel which light was coming on. So it's not fair. It's like I'm cheating. And he said, no, that couldn't be. And she said, I'm telling you, I could feel and sense in the machine which side of the machine was going to activate. So she said, I don't like this test and I'm not doing that. Um, but yeah, all these, all these kind of weird tests that she had to do, um, uh, move something else with her mind or predict something else. And yeah, anyway, the book's there, um, Excursion into the Paranormal and her results are in there. Um, she just found it very, very um, interesting. And she also wanted to tell people that this is something she believes that all humans are capable of under the right circumstances or if we open our minds to this or if we're aware of the possibilities that, we, you know, that this is even such a thing that it is real. Um, she She's never claimed like she's this chosen one. She's never said that, you know, she's, you know, the golden child. She's always said this is the type of thing that we as humans should look into for ourselves um, as a society, as, as a species, she's just um, she's always just put forward that people need to know this, people need to explore this, um, you know, maybe try it out for ourselves or look into how it's possible, um, and just not be so close to the possibilities. That's that's really her main drive for all of this. Yeah, train the mind to be more open to this whole concept and being able to open your mind to be able to. Uh, even attempt this <clears throat> is a big thing to, in itself um because I, I myself i've tried doing like meditations or you know trying to focus on something there and within like maybe like a minute or two i'm focused on something else i'm like oh, i'm supposed to be focusing <laughs> on this you know <laughs> like, it's easily to distract yourself and so it's a really difficult sort of thing to sort of try and uh focus on if you're going to try and do this thing for yourself like i don't know some people probably find it a lot easier but i know from um other people's uh, attempts at this, like it's very difficult to try and keep that focus and try and maintain the focus mm -hmm. being the most trickiest part of that. And some people obviously have that ability where it's, it just comes natural for them. And and that's where I suppose uh, throughout society, you know, those kind of people who have that sort of psychic ability or sort of like, you know, they always, um, 
you know, there's like a stereotype to these kind of people. Like, you know, they're always carrying around crystals or, you know, a bit of like hippie-like kind of people. Um, I'm not saying that's what you, your mother was or anything like that, but, you know, it those kind of people there that have that sort of abilities. Um, like, you know, I'm sure, sure to describe them like gypsies, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people sort of like put them down as like crazy people. Yeah. Sort of the same, yeah. sort of the same sort of thing like like UFO people. Like when they talk about UFOs, they're the crazy people. Yeah. But there's obviously something to this where these people who, obviously, yeah, okay, they've got that stereotype, how they dress and how they sort of act and all sort of stuff. But there's obviously something to that that's a lot more deeper, where these people have these abilities and have that sort of uh, natural. What, what, what would you call it? Like, uh, I'm trying to think now. What would you call it? Like, you know, it's just their aura, their natural aura, or the way they present themselves. Yeah. It's just a natural way of their life because they're, they're so attuned to it. And so, yeah, to me, I'm yeah. just trying, what I'm trying to say is like, there's something more to these kind of people. Like, no, there's no point trying to shun them out or call them crazy people because they've obviously tapped into something that the normal people who want to call them crazy people have no idea about. Yeah. And that's it. Um, you know, I, I hear myself recounting this, you know, recalling these things, and I, I would not expect anybody to just believe me. And I don't want anybody to just, you know, believe me outright. I'm not here trying to just, you know, gain followers for, you know, your show or for myself or for anything. I just the, the only thing that I really, really push for is can people just say what if, and can people just question and say, yeah, just just what if this is true. And that would just make me so happy. <laughs> I just want somebody to just open their mind to the possibilities of it. Um, I definitely, even with all my experiences that I've had, anybody that tells me their own experiences, I still have that question in my mind going, mm, really though? <laughs> yeah. Um, I still keep an open mind to anybody telling me any weird thing that's happened to them. I go, probably. There is a, a probability to me because the stuff that I've seen and experienced, it's just off the chart. People just, you know, wouldn't believe half the stuff I say probably, but I always just say, you know, maybe there's truth to what they're saying. I'm definitely never going to say, mm, absolutely not. Yeah. I always question it and say, hey, with all this stuff in my life, who am I to, you know, but I definitely don't outrightly just believe everything I hear either. So yeah, that's I think the... it's, yeah, I wouldn't ask anybody to do that of, of what I say either. Yeah, and that's the thing I sort of encourage too. Like, you know, people got to be open-minded to the whole concept that these things are real, things are happening in the world that we don't understand. There's a lot of things out there that people are seeing, experiencing, and who's to say that what they are seeing or experiencing is real? Like, uh, you know, we're not there to go and actually see what they experienced or encountered. Um, so who are we to go and judge their their story, you know? There's, exactly. And to me, I feel like that's very ignorant of people to go and just shut people down just because it's not yeah. in your perspective of life. Yeah. Um, you know, and how just... boring! Who wants to live that way? <laughs> <You're> <laughs> exactly. Doing awesome things in this world, like hey, let's get onto it. Like that's right. Really, find out what not... these things actually are. Yeah, it's not existence isn't so black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, one thing I was going to qu- ask you too, it might be um might be a bit personal. I don't know if you want to share this part, but where was your father during all this time? Um. Yeah, that's that's another whole um side of life I'd really rather not get into. No, that's right. Um. Yeah. There was a lot of um, paranormal stuff between um, he and my mom um, in a negative sense. So I'll just put it down to he's he's not 
out for any good deeds. Let's just say that. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, all right. that's all right. Because like, I'm sure people would have been questioning, um, listening to you. You always got the experience there with your mother. It's like, yeah. So I had a good bit of an idea, like where his father involved in all this. But yeah, that's all right. That's fine. Things happened in the past, so that's all good. We'll leave it at that. But um, I do have yeah. a question here from Jane. Um, do you believe that maybe your family DNA has been manipulated by the UFOs to have these abilities? I find that a very, very interesting subject um, because my mum kind of looked into that a little bit for herself and she discovered the whole topic of rhesus negative blood. So she's she has um, rhesus negative blood type um, and that, if you look into that, has um, a theory of connection with um, alien civilizations. Now, whether or not that's true, it's very, very interesting. It also brings up a lot that um, apparently a huge percentage of people with racist negative uh, blood type um, are psychic and that it's quite common for that, um, for people with that blood type um, uh, or to have UFO experiences in their life. Um, so, yeah, she's she's definitely not sure, but that has been brought up um, as a family. We've discussed that. Now, my sister and I don't share the same blood type as her, but we like to, well, we used to sit and run through all these, you know, crazy theories and what ifs. And she did bring up the whole, hey, you know, for example, if it is some alien race blood type, <laughs> maybe you girls were, you know, brought into the UFO witness type of thing because they're maybe observing the mother of, you know, the children that don't have the same blood type or, you know, is it a genetic thing that's carried on? Um, is there some significance there? So that's definitely like a, a huge interest of mine. But yeah, unfortunately, I don't have any answers for that. Yeah, that's one of the questions I was going to um, lead up to answering at some point there, but I sort of got sidetracked myself. So but it's I'm glad someone's on the ball there and asking these sort of questions because like, you know, there's always yeah. been a history where, you know, throughout the bloodlines of some families there where they have had recurring abductions and you know, and it keeps going on through the genetic family. I, I call um a blood blood contract. So obviously yeah. somewhere down the track there, someone's agreed to being. Yep, my bloodline's going to be the future of whatever's going to be happening with you guys, and you guys can do whatever the hell you want. Even though the yeah uh, the the future um, heirs don't really want it or agree to it, you know, but yet still happens. Yeah. So which is a scary fact in this whole topic, because you know you just don't know when these things are going to happen or where or mm -hmm. how. You know. It, to me, that's that's the most scariest part because we have no control over it. So, yeah. But um, look, we're gonna have to finish it there because um, yeah, we're <laughs> going right up there in time now. So um, look, <laughs> um, I'm sure you've got plenty of other experiences there. To, um, you might want to share. So look, if you're willing, get you back on the show at some point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey, I I love talking about it. I love sharing it with people. So um, yeah, the more you ask, the more I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Look. Um, thank you again for coming on the show. Absolutely wonderful having you on here. And I'm sure the uh, listeners here have enjoyed the show as well, um, listening to your experiences there. So absolutely great having you on. I um, look forward to getting you back on the show again. Awesome. Thanks heaps, Anthony. No worries. Thanks heaps. Talk to you next time. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And that will do it, folks, for this episode of Encounters Down Under. I hope you enjoyed the show. And remember, you can also get involved in the show by joining the Facebook page and getting in on the live streams. Also, please be sure to share with your friends and family to help us grow and potentially find our next guest on the show. If you or you know someone who has had an encounter, please get in touch with me through our Facebook page via Messenger or email at australianufosightings@outlook.com.au. I look forward to seeing you on the next Encounter Down Under. Hooroo!
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 